From the Center for Conscious Communication, this is Leading Life. Hi everyone, my name is Stacy Carruth. I'm the founder of the Center for Conscious Communication, and this is Leading Life, a podcast spotlighting women business leaders who are making a difference, following their passion, and challenging the status quo. Today, my guest is Ainsley Mintz, owner of the Teton Yoga Shala in Wilson, Wyoming. Welcome, Ainsley. Thank you, Stacy. I'm so excited to be on this podcast with you. So fun. So let's start with your yoga journey. I'm so interested to know. I've read a little bit about you starting and being inspired in the library in 2005, if I am correct on that. I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. Yes. Um, so I went to a school where um, there were lots of different activities in the afternoons offered, and I played three sports the whole time. And um, I had, I was doing ski racing at the time and I had a really bad fall and I was just done with ski racing. I never wanted to pick up a pair of skis again. And um, so I dramatically quit the ski, ski team and started doing yoga instead. (laughs) So drama brought me to yoga, which is kind of funny. Um, and so I first yoga was really hard for me because I was very stiff from all the sports and, uh, I didn't really get it. You know, I just didn't understand how to really drop in, but I had gone through like my first, um, high school, like dramatic, crazy breakup, you know, and yoga was the only thing after I did it, I just felt so much better, you know, because when, you have that first breakup. It's kind of like operatic. It's just like so much and yoga really just was so soothing to me. And so I continued on and um, I had started doing it in high school and then I went to a studio and my first teacher was just so intimidating. It was the hardest yoga you could do. And I just felt so much better. Sorry about that. I should have muted that, (laughs) but yeah, it was great. So it sounds like mentally, emotionally, and physically, you were really making a change through this rebellious action of changing from ski team to yoga. Yes, yes. And I was so um, just overcome with how much it changed my body and my mind. Like I remember, I had the worst balance out of anyone on my field hockey team. And then that course of that winter, I just did so much yoga every afternoon. We did yoga. And then, um, so in the spring I had the best balance on my lacrosse team. And I was like, Whoa, that changed like that, you know, Mm -hmm. imagine what else this could do. So just an amazing, it's just an amazing practice. And I feel so lucky that I found it. I really do. I just, I don't even know where I would be or what kind of person I would be without it. Hmm. So it just really changed you in this really profound way. It sounds like. Yes. Yes. And that you saw it quickly in your everyday life with your balance. And then that, and I'm guessing then that inspired you to keep going and keep going to the place where you are now. So when I, when I started taking it up in um, outside of Boston, I went to this studio called yoga spot and um, I went so much that they asked me to work there right away. 
So I ended up like being behind the desk and like filling up humidifiers and, you know, lighting incense. That was my job description. I think it was like fill up humidifiers and light incense. (laughs) um, (laughs) I know it's so funny. And I was also working part-time at like J crew or something at the time. And I was just, you know, that phase in between high school and college when you just, you can't really go out with people yet. And like, you're kind of sick of your high school life and, so I just didn't really have anything else to do. And I just did a ton of yoga and it was the same thing. Like I just, every time I left, I would just be drenched in sweat and I would just feel so much better than I had walking in the door mm. and I couldn't miss it. Like I just couldn't miss it. I, I would go to multiple classes a day. I was just totally addicted right away. And, um, you know, I kind of, in a way, missed that time because like, I just didn't have a lot of responsibilities. Like I lived with my parents and like, I didn't have to make a ton of money and I um, like, didn't have any responsibilities other than doing yoga and like going to my silly little retail job where like three people would come in a night. So. <laughs> That's the life, huh? <laughs> I know. It totally, it's totally transformed my whole life though. It shaped my whole life in such a profound way. So. Yeah. Yeah. So you went from very passionate young person in this transition in your life from high school to college. And then I hear yoga teacher training that you then did a yoga teacher training. They wonder if that is a big jump because uh, I'm hearing Boston, but I think the yoga teacher training you did was in Jackson. So can you fill in the gap there? Yes. Okay. So um, I went to college and then when I graduated, um, I remember I was really sick. I had pneumonia and I went to the doctor and I was just miserable. And the same thing, like I had a great high school experience, like, don't get me wrong. But then at the end, I was just kind of like, oh my God, what am I going to do with my life? And then at the end of college, it was like, great, great, great. And then, you know, it was the recession when I graduated. Mm-hmm. So I was going on all these job interviews and everyone was like, you're not qualified. You need like five to 10 years of experience. And I was like, well, how do I get experience? And they're like, you need to start working. And then I'd be like, well, can, how do I do that? You know what I mean? Like, how does this add up? No one was hiring for anything. It was like completely the opposite of what it is now. So my confidence was just like all time low. You know, like, so I was going to all these publishing jobs, trying to get a job, you know, all these things. So I was an English major, which also wasn't very helpful. And I remember I went to the doctor because I had pneumonia and the doctor was like, well, what are you going to do with your life? And I was like, I want to be a yoga teacher. And I remember it was the first time I'd said it out loud. And she was like, well, that's not a real job. (laughs) I I was like, you're right. You're right. It's not a real job. I'll just, um, you know, keep going. And then, so I was waitressing at the time at this pizza place and again, living with my parents and doing a ton of yoga. And my friend emailed me and was like, Hey, we're going to move out to Jackson for the winter. Do you want to come? And I literally started packing my little Saturn that day. Like I was like, sure. I packed everything I owned in the Saturn and, um, amazing that I could fit it all into one thing. And then we drove across the country in tandem and I started working in Jackson as a waitress. And I was just, it went from like having the worst time to the best time because, you know, it was post-college and making money for the first time and being on my own. And it was so nice. And um, then I read, I saw there was like this little um, flyer in Pearl street bagels for yoga teacher training So I immediately signed up. I had been going to Adi's classes 
Uh, but I hadn't heard of the training until I went in there. And I was really blown away right away by Adi's classes, a DMR. She uh, had studied with some really big names in yoga, like Tim Miller and Eddie Modestini, Baba Hari Das. There were all these really big names. And I was so impressed by the way that she could weave in um, these really hard Ashtanga classes, but also this uh, the mental side of yoga. Like I had been benefiting from the men- mental side of yoga, but I hadn't um, really learned what that was all about. And she was really taking that apart for everyone. So um, taking that teacher training was just amazing to really learn like the backstory of like what's going on in yoga and all the poses. So yeah, I took the teacher training then and um, I, but I didn't become a full-time teacher for a few more years because it's not easy to just, it's not like you're a doctor and people need you right away, you know? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, first I just want to say I'm distracted because now my mind is saying I need to take yoga teacher training with Ainsley Mintz because I want to know all of that mental stuff that you're talking about because something Mm -hmm. amazing about going to a yoga class and feeling that the inspiration or the the lighter energy of there's something around that so yes I mean I just I just had no idea why it felt so much better than like going to a Pilates class Mm -hmm. you know like I knew there was something to it but I just but like why why does it make you feel like you need to be a better person? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So in a nutshell, not taking your yoga teacher training, could you say in a nutshell, why is that? I'm so, I'm well, fascinated. There's a lot of theories. Um, you know, there's modern science, which says now, like, I've, I think you've probably heard of like the flow state that people are talking about now when they're talking in um, a way like the way that we like refer back into our brain. Like you kind of let this, the busy monkey mind recede back Mm -hmm. and you can just start to really breathe and experience what's happening in the current moment. And anytime you learn something that kind of happens, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like when you're playing a game or Mm -hmm. when you're like dancing at a wedding or you're learning something new and you, and you actually start to get it, then your brain can kind of turn off almost like you're not thinking about like, Oh, I forgot to buy cauliflower at the grocery store or whatever it is. You know, it's like you're, you're fully there and your brain can really just relax. So I think that that is a big part of why the yoga works, but then also the asana practice, the physical practice is really just one piece of yoga. Mm Mm-hmm. So um, the yoga that I learned, Ashtanga yoga is Ashtanga, Asha means eight, Mm -hmm. Anga means limb. So it's just one of the eight limbs of yoga. So the other limbs are telling you like how to live your life, the ways to act. It's almost kind of like, I don't want to say the word religion, but it is like more of a, a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You know, like you want to live a nonviolent lifestyle. And it does, as you start the physical practice, I find that those other limbs just start to kind of naturally like branch out. Like it's like coming out, even if you're like, I'm just in it because I want to get a nice body. You can't help but 
be like, oh, I need to take a pause before I have a reaction. You know what I mean? It's training you all the time to learn how to just like soften a little bit and not saying that like it makes people perfect because certainly there's tons of drama in the yoga world, just like there isn't anything else. But I found immediately on a personal level, like I could, instead of being so reactive, I could like take a breath and be like, okay, what's my piece in this puzzle? Mm-hmm. Like how did, how did my energy affect this situation and how can I like make it better? You know, it was, for me, it was a big way of just like looking at things from a bigger picture. So, mm-hmm. so in our yoga teacher training, we go over like the yamas and the niyamas and, um, meditation in a way that like when you meditate and you think about like the whole world and everything that's going on and then bringing it down into yourself it's it's very cool and it's it's just very exciting to me and I think it's exciting to everyone else yeah like it almost like opens it's almost like it's opening something in you that you weren't even aware was there exactly so one thing that Adi always says is um it's the process of uh, learning what we've always known, but simply forgotten. Mm-hmm. You know, you really return to yourself because there's so many outside influences in the things that we say and the things that we eat and the things that we put into ourselves, you know, that we consume, like watching, reading all this, you know, stuff. Mm-hmm. And- and starting to kind of separate those ties so you can really feel, okay, like this is who I am as a person, not this outside identity. Uh, yeah. That, no wonder I have come back to yoga. I think <laughs> I had so much resistance to yoga for a long time. I did a yoga class and I loved it. And I was amazed at how I felt when I walked out. And then I didn't go back. But I wonder, just as I'm talking to you, if the reason was I wasn't ready yet to see myself. I wonder. That's interesting. I mean, they say if you're not ready for change, you're not ready for yoga. Uh It's like a cliche at this point, but it's true, Mm -hmm. you know, because it is like a transformative experience. And I find that it really continues to be. And it continues to be very difficult. It's not gotten easier for me. In fact, I'd say it's gotten harder because, you know, life, you have to keep realizing. It's like, I always say to people, you can't clean your house once. You know, you have to do it every day or it's going to become a mess, especially if you have toddlers like I do. Yes. So if you, it's like, I have found even people who are seasoned practitioners, they kind of stop, you know, Mm -hmm. stop pushing into it because you keep breaking through these walls. And sometimes you're like, I don't want to go any further. I don't feel like it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And and asks you to continue to show up. Exactly. You have to continue to show up and the, and the poses get harder. Like they get ridiculous and you know, you get older, you have kids or get injured, like it gets harder. And, and that's just on the poses, the Mm. mental stuff, the same thing. It's like, oh man, 
there's even more, <laughs> or I'm still doing that. Yeah. You have to look at it. Hopefully it's not like an exhausting way to look at it. It's like an exciting way to look at it. Like, okay, I can be better in this moment and I can keep going. You yeah. Know? yeah. Well, I feel very inspired just by everything that you've said. So mm-hmm. you were teaching then and full-time teaching and in Jackson, which is amazing. And you got a hip injury in 2013. So is there's something in between there as well? Okay. So I was teaching full-time kind of like I taught a ton of classes, but I wasn't able to survive on that income for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was catering at night and catering is basically like a moving job, you know, <laughs> like you're picking up glassware and you're moving it. You're setting up a restaurant outside of a tent. Um, So I was teaching yoga and doing a ton of demonstrating. I was practicing a ton. And then I was also catering at night. And one day I was in class and I did it something that's not complicated at all. I, my leg was in front of me on the wall and I turned to the side and I just heard this like unbelievable crunching noise. It was so bad. I could, and I put my foot down on the floor and I couldn't really bear weight on my hip at all. It was so painful Um, and I like limped around for weeks, basically. And, you know, I was young, so I was like, gotta keep going. Now I would be like, I gotta rest. (laughs) But the way that I was practicing really wasn't integrated. And I didn't realize that. And you can't really know that you're doing that until you know, Mm -hmm. I see people practicing that way. I try to help them, but I know that you just don't get it until you get it. <laughs> but uh, there's a concept called mulabanda. It means the root lock. So you have to really engage your legs all the way up into your pelvic floor and get everything to squeeze in. And I was just doing a lot of classes where I was like stretching and doing the splits and putting my leg behind my head and doing arm balances, all this crazy stuff but I wasn't integrated at all. And it was a ticking time bomb. And eventually I did get injured and I had to rehab it. I had to relearn how I was doing the poses and it definitely felt like I was majorly backing off, but short of getting hip surgery, it was really my only option. I mean, I couldn't walk around like that forever, Mm -hmm. you know? So I got better and my hip doesn't really bother me at all right now. Um, Though when people look at it, sometimes they're like, Oh my God. What's wrong with that leg? <laughs> but um, it doesn't hurt at all anymore. And I was able to really learn from that experience and have a lot more compassion for people who are coming to yoga with injuries. In the town where I live, almost everyone has an injury. Yeah. You know, Jackson is so active mm-hmm. and people just like, you know, they're doing way crazier things than what I've done. Um, and then I have people who are older that come to me and, you know, their bodies have been through a lot, you know, they've been active their whole lives and now they're in their eighties. So, you know, being able to work around things, I think that really changed how I was as a teacher. And it led me into teaching more private sessions and the private sessions were 
a lot more lucrative than just teaching a group class. Mm -hmm. And um, that's what's really sustained me as a teacher is being able to teach those private sessions to people who aren't going to be doing a handstand, you Mm -hmm. know, but we can still get so much out of yoga. And it's the same concepts that I'm teaching in my class, but it taught me how to be like, okay, we're going to use the same concept, but we're going to be leaning against the wall or we're going to use a chair, you know, so that people can, so it's much more accessible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So with injuries and chronic pain and uh, just any pain, anything really having an injury yourself really brought you around to, it can be accessible to everyone. Exactly. Yeah. And we can all experience all of it, not just the physical, but the, all of what you were talking about as well with the mental and emotional and the spiritual. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, cause I think people still need to push themselves. And I do think it is tempting once you get an injury to be like, okay, well I've done practicing hard yoga or I'm done. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm done with this. Like that part of my life is over. And I definitely don't believe that, but um, you know, you don't want to be foolish and you can, you can really bring the level of care and detail more in these classes where they're more supported and people can, yeah, get the full range of the benefits and eventually go back to doing what they were doing before. Hopefully. I mean, that's the goal. I'd like people to, you know, be able to come back and do a flow class if they want to do that or go back to running if they want to do that. Because the way that the yoga therapy, and you're not really allowed to say yoga therapy anymore, but um, even though all yoga is therapy, but uh, (laughs) what I love about yoga is that when you look at my hip, it's not just looking at my hip. It's like, okay, how does the ankle work with the hip? How does the shoulder work with the hip? Why is this, you know, when you're standing, why is this happening? So the way that not to give away all my secrets, but we always reference um, Tadasana standing up just straight up and down. And then every pose that we go into, you're trying to find those, that equal line, the equal lines of the body in that pose. Like, so if you're in triangle, you're trying to keep your back really straight, even as you're going to the side rather than, you know, twerking yourself off to the side and just doing that is so healing. Mm -hmm. And, and it's so good for the structure of your body that and it's so difficult so you don't really need to be like okay now we're gonna do this insane pose to this insane pose to that insane pose like just doing triangle or plank position can give you a great workout and you can start to really heal yourself from that way and I don't think I would have learned that had I not hurt myself doing yoga (laughs) you know like I think I would have just been like I want to do a handstand or whatever, (laughs) you know? Yeah. More about the, the, Mm. the proving like you can do all of these really cool and fancy things that not everyone can do. It seems like it brought you back from not that that isn't fun and cool. Right. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. But to come back to that core strength as well and the alignment And for that to be rehabilitating as well. Yeah. So one of my teachers, Eddie Modestini, 
one time we were lying down in this position and we were getting really into the alignment of it, like almost to a point where I was like, this is exhausting. Like, you know, your toes had to be in alignment with your ankle, with your knee. Like he's very, and he said, it's like tuning the dial of a radio. And when you tune it from the fuzzy, you know, static sections, and then it becomes clear. He was like, then you can really, your body gets the wisdom of all the yogis that have come before you. And in a way, it's like when you get into that correct alignment so that everything is even, your body really is in a state of rest, right? So like my husband is a volunteer EMT. And when someone's been in a trauma pose, they lie them down and they're basically lying down on the ground in Tadasana in just the standing, you know, that pose where you're lying in your head, your arms, palms are up like Shavasana because- the blood flow is the easiest to your heart that way. Oh, yes. So when you're doing that in all these different poses, you really are like tuning that radio and getting your um, body to just be in that correct alignment. And it becomes a little bit easier. Like you can breathe a little bit easier. You, your heart can pump a little bit better. And I think it really allows you to heal. Hmm. That is amazing. I, I'm going to be thinking on that for a while now, Ainsley. But I love that just the everything is in alignment and, and your body can heal at that point. Love that. Yeah. Well, I love all the yoga aspect of, of all of it. And mm-hmm. I'm so curious about what then what then brought you to business ownership then and was... You talked about Adi and was Adi at Yoga Shala or? Okay. Okay. So my teacher, Adi Amar had owned Teton Yoga Shala. She, she was one of the co-founders with Angela Tong, who's an acupuncturist in Jackson. It's funny that yoga brought me to business ownership because I never really saw myself as a business owner. Mm -hmm. I didn't really think that I was like ambitious enough to, I wasn't like looking around for like businesses mm-hmm. to own, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, but then once I started working there and she was kind of like edging off cause she has another business, I was like, okay, I'll probably take this over at some point. And I asked her, we had a conversation about it. And I was like, when you do sell it, please don't sell it to anyone else. Cause I had put so much time and effort into it. Uh-huh. Um, and I really cared about the space. The space is very old. Um, so it's been in the community for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she was going to sell it and I took it over in 2021. So right after the initial part of the pandemic. Okay. 2021. Yes. So I took it over then. Um, pretty tough time to take over a business that has people that come into it and breathe and chant together. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And um, it was an ama- it's been an amazing experience because I just never really thought that I would be able to do this and um, that it would be possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been a whole learning experience. Like, I just didn't realize how often I would have to pivot and how much um, everything would change in the course of these past few years. So it's been really good. So I basically, 
I was on my own doing my own um, independent contracting before I took it over, which is kind of like a mini business. So that was a good thing to practice because I like, you know, I filed my own tax return. I had my own LLC, all of that stuff. But then taking over the Shala itself was um, just a lot more. Yeah. So you had some experience and this was, this was, talk a little bit more about what was more about it. Just on a bigger scale, of course, because you have more people and, uh, but what else is, what else was bigger about that? Well, for me, um, I'm definitely a people pleaser. Like I just, I can't stand it if someone's unhappy Mm -hmm. and that's been a big thing thing that I've had to learn how to, you can't please every single person, you Mm. know? And so you can't answer the phone all the time. You know, like I can't be taking away from my family to answer the phone about someone who's having a hard time logging onto their mind body account at like 1130 on a Sunday night. You know what I mean? Right. But people will try to call and try to do that stuff. So trying to learn how to create some boundaries on that has been, um, definitely a challenge. And then it's also just been like getting a job, a big job and not having any real training for it. Like a D has been helpful, but I've had to, you know, go on my own way and figure out, okay, how am I going to market the business? How am I going to learn how to make this a place that um, is thriving and has tons of people coming in and out all the time. Mm -hmm. And at first it was really hard because of um, COVID. So COVID just kept coming back. And I took the, our numbers really personally for a long time, even though most of it was like COVID's fault, uh-huh. you know what I mean? So um, I was trying to get more and more people into the studio and I would, and then there'd be another variant. And then I was like trying to be like, okay, well, you can still come. We'll just wear masks. But then that didn't work either because nobody wanted to wear masks. So nobody came. The uh-huh. people wanted the people that wanted masks to be mandatory didn't feel safe coming in general and the people that felt fine coming didn't want to wear a mask so then they didn't want to come at all so that was just you know a lot of lose-lose situations yeah Uh yes so that was very very stressful I was looking back at an email that I had written to someone and there there was like Oh, God, there was a COVID exposure exposure in this class. And like, how are we going to handle this? Are we going to email like everyone who's ever come into the Shala and tell them, or are we going to keep it hush hush? Or, and I was just like, Oh my gosh, like, how did I deal with that? Like, I don't really remember, but um, I not well, I don't think it was, my husband was not happy <laughs> during that time. No, just just because of the upheaval in you and how you were. Yeah, I was stressed all the time. And I was worried that I was going to be the one to take down the studio. I was like, what if I just, you know, drive this place into the ground? Oh, I've heard so much about that, actually, in the, you know, when people buy a business that they have this extra layer of responsibility to keep it going. So it sounds like you had that, too. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, what if I'm the one that takes it down, you know? Yeah. And luckily, luckily it's doing a lot better since we haven't had um, any big COVID scares recently. It's just been so much easier. I mean, it's just so nice to have the community back because yoga, practicing yoga in a room with people is really a magical experience. 
and um, to just have it be so limited to zoom and to wearing masks or only a certain amount of people, it really did feel sad. Like I couldn't do zoom because it just, the wall of silence was too much for me. I mean, I was just like, I miss that aspect of my life so much. I was like, I couldn't, I just couldn't do it. And I just taught privates for basically a year and a half. And it it actually worked out for me financially, but I felt really guilty because I was like, not everyone can afford to take a private. And um, why am I doing this? Because yoga is really, it's a labor of love. Owning the business is to bring people yoga. And it's not, it's not something that's going to make me become like a millionaire. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I so get you on the, the warmth and the reciprocity of being in a classroom where everyone is together and there's this sense of, of flow. I think there's something about yeah. in a room with other people that, that lifts us up and gives us that, uh, that inspiration to do what we may not have thought we could do otherwise. And just to move in that way, there's something very soothing about everyone moving together. I I don't know what it's almost like a dance and, um, and the aspect of the community and everything. I think it is really healthy and good for you, even though it could spread viruses, (laughs) but, (laughs) and you know, the energy exchange of the whole thing and the financial exchange of the whole thing too. It's like every, everything depends on people being able to come in and be together and limiting it was really difficult. And you know, I know we had to do that for a while, but it's been a lot easier since we've been able to come back together. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yoga would be deeply impacted by, and so many businesses were and yoga and all those, those coming together um, practices. Absolutely. So it sounds like COVID was incredibly challenging to you personally, as well as, of course, just being globally so challenging for everyone. And that was hard for you, especially because you felt this pressure to keep the studio going and then taking that home and and just really not knowing where this was going to end. So I just want to acknowledge how big that is and that you were able, though, to make it through with these private yoga sessions and I'm so glad for you because on a very personal note, I got to enjoy Teton Yoga Shala because you were able to get through that challenge and still be there for all of us that get to take classes with you and with your other incredible instructors. So thank you for that. And tell me a little bit about your favorite parts of being a business owner and leading such an important business. Well, thank you for acknowledging the challenging parts of COVID. But of course I have to say like what you said um, that it was so hard for everyone and we were just, we're all in it together and coming back has been one of my favorite parts, just seeing old faces and new faces and 
the whole time during the pandemic, I was just teaching the same people over and over again. So learning how to refine my words again, so that everyone understands me. I'm not just like upward dog, downward dog, you know what I mean? You know, just getting back into that has been so wonderful for me. Um, My favorite parts of the business now, like I was emailing back and forth with a teacher who's doing a workshop and like that I get to bring in some really interesting things. This summer um, we had a cacao ceremony. I think maybe you were there. Uh, Yes. And the sound bath. And I was so excited because everyone was like, thank you so much for organizing this. And I was like, oh yeah, I get to do this. How fun is it that my job is like, oh, I got to make sure that we have the sound healing stuff all ready to go. And then, and then the other people get to take it and run away with it and do what they're doing. Um, I love being able to promote that stuff and just really bring um, this. Our community is so amazing. We have such a great system of healers and leaders and I can do whatever I want with that space. I just, I feel like a lot of inspiration and creativity from that. Um, So that for me is one of my favorite parts. And then of course, you know, so. Yeah. To bring these people together and to be, and for us as the, the participants in that, to be able to expand our own experiences and, and yeah, I love that. That cacao ceremony was incredible. I appreciated the opportunity to meet Candace and that wouldn't have been possible if you were open to inviting her and allowing her to do. Yeah. I mean, if she reached out to me and I got to be like, yes, let's do it. And it was just so fun for me to like have that whole thing come to fruition and, and everyone to be so happy and grateful afterwards. I was like this, okay, this makes it worth it. Being able to bring this in and it's not like me just doing what, ever the teachers ahead of me did. And, you know, like, even though I want to continue everything, but to put my own stamp on it with who I choose to have come in and influence the community. And I just, I really loved that opportunity and I love the opportunity to keep doing it and um, to make sure that right now I'm so excited about our schedule. Everyone on the schedule is so passionate and mature and refined And I just feel confident handing over the reins to any of my classes right now to all the teachers. I can be like, oh, can you sub this or can you do this or can you teach a private session for me? And people are really excited about that opportunity. So getting to create opportunities for people is really amazing. And then I also love the power of like if a friend of mine is going through a hard time, I can be like, here's a five punch card and I can give it to you. And I just I love being able to feel like empowered in that way. It's been really fun. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, Meeting lots of needs for you to be generous in a multitude of different ways. Yes. It's, it just feels very fulfilling to me to be able to do that for people. I love that. Um, Cause before it wasn't my studio. So I I just, I couldn't do that. I couldn't be like, Hey, take, it would be me taking away from the owner's, Um, and then I've also learned a lot from doing the retail side of things like with the clothes and, um, and that's been fun for me. And my husband's joke is that whenever I get stressed, I just online shop for the business. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> that's what we do, right? Like cell therapy so is really great, especially when you can make money from doing it. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Win win, I'd say. <laughs> really helpful for me. <laughs> so on that note, then I'd love to know what what is in your future? What do you plan as you what do you see of yourself as you go forward with Titan Yoga Shala? I've been thinking about that a lot lately. Um, Our space is, uh, you know, it's enough for us right now. And in the town that we're in, real estate is really tight. So it's just, you know, it kind of is what it is. But I would like to feel like we're um, growing and outgrowing that space at some point. I would like to, you know, have enough going on there that we feel the need to find somewhere else to move and, and, and expand so that we can really have a, more of a focus on the Pilates and the strength training sides of the business, as well as the yoga um, and maybe another space for meditation. So I've, I've thought about like just the space in general, I'm like, okay, I need to be having more traffic in there and um, making the space as beautiful as possible. And then eventually you know, maybe elevating out of there someday. I mean, we'll see, but just, I wanted to feel like, okay, we've, we've outgrown the space. Like I want to feel like we're, we're launching enough people into like their yoga journey or their yoga teacher journey. Um, so that it becomes a little bit bigger than what it is now. Though I do think people are attracted to the smallness of the the small business part of it. So who knows? I don't know. I never really have had that clear of a plan for anything in my life and it's turned out pretty well. So (laughs) we'll see. Keep on that. (laughs) Let's keep it going that way. (laughs) I was like, I want to be a yoga teacher in Jackson Hall. And then I was like, could I really do that? And then, you know, it took a long time, but I did it. Um, when people tell me that they want to do it, I'm like, that's not even possible. Then I'm like, well, I did it. I guess it is possible, but <laughs> amazing. <laughs> I'm like, that's foolish. How, how could you do something like that? <laughs> then I'm like, well, I guess I did it. So I think you're just testament to anything is possible. Anything is possible. Yeah. Well, I love it. I let's wrap up there. I think that's a perfect place to end. I yeah. so appreciate your being here, Ainsley. It was so fun. I love talking about yoga, if you can't tell. (laughs) I love to hear about it. And you should take our teacher training in the spring. Oh, my gosh. I think so, too. I would love it. Yeah, it would be great. (laughs) Thank you so much. Anything else about Ainsley can be found in the show notes. If you are interested in taking a drop-in class, that is how I started. And really, I felt so supported by the community of yogis in that room and just wanted to keep going and keep going. And if you want a challenging class, Ainsley's class is a challenging class. I'm here to tell you as I do my at home practice, I tell my husband, yeah, this is nothing compared to Ainsley's class. (laughs) So thank you again. And and you, it's been so fun getting to know you. So you as well. Thank you for listening to Leading Life, a production by the Center for Conscious Communication, hosted by me, Stacey Carruth. 
I'd like to thank Ty Pierce for his artwork and technical guidance. If you haven't already, make sure to follow Leading Life on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. And if you enjoy the show, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening and catch you again next time.